Um, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, for he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend as a dove from heaven, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day, again, John was standing with the two, standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw him following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas. Thank you, Michael. If I were to ask you to list the disciples, I wonder who would come first. Of course, we always think of Peter, Cephas, right? The rock. Peter is probably the first one that comes to mind. James, John, they're always in the list as well. They're easy to remember. Then maybe, how about Matthew? You know, he wrote a gospel, so that's easy to remember that he was, a, he was one. Thomas, Thomas was a doubter. Judas, right, the bad guy. But you know, I'll bet if I were to ask you to list the disciples, Andrew might pop in there somewhere, but it wouldn't be one of the first ones. He might be a little further down the list. Who is Andrew? Again, if I were to ask you to tell me something about Andrew, that would be difficult. Well, he's Peter's brother. I bet he got real sick of hearing that. <laughs> oh, Andrew, aren't you Peter's brother? Yes, <laughs> I'm Peter's brother. <laughs> Andrew is that average person in the background. He's the guy doing all the little things that make a difference. He's not the first to speak, and he's not the guy who stands up and makes big speeches. He's the man in the middle. He's not the leader, but he's there, actively involved. He's not Judas, who took things in his own hands. He's kind of the second fiddle guy in the band. He is part of the team. Jesus tells about a story about three managers who are given, one's given ten talents, one's given five talents of gold, and one is giving one talent of gold. And, you know, the ten-talent guy went and invested it, and it made all kinds of money, and, and he was 
rewarded and commended. The one-talent guy didn't do anything with his one talent, and that was taken away and given to the ten-talent guy because he was, had so, so much going for him. But Andrew is the five-talent guy in the middle who did a good job, didn't do a bad job, but not nearly as good as the ten-talent guy either, right? <laughs> He's the five-talent guy, kind of in the middle. He's like so many people we know, or perhaps even this sounds like us. Andrew was often left out. When Jesus went to pray, he always took James and John, they were brothers with one another, and Peter. Where was Andrew? You know, what about Peter's brother Andrew? He didn't get to go on these little excursions like in the transfiguration and when he went to pray before he was crucified. The little is said about Andrew, I have to say his role is crucial to the work of Christ. In fact, there are few important stories. There are a few very important stories that involve Andrew directly. And I bet we never even noticed that Andrew was there. But Andrew's role was a crucial component to the furthering of the kingdom of God. The first one is this story we just, we just heard. It's the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and John the Baptist has his own followers. And John goes down and baptizes Jesus, and the, the dove descends and says, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then the next day, John is walking along with two of his disciples. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God. There he goes. And I get the feeling he's turning to these two disciples and saying, go get, go get him. Go get Jesus. Follow that guy. You know, giving him permission to stop following me. Go follow him. Behold, the Lamb of God over there. And one of those guys was Andrew. So Andrew goes, and they stay with Jesus. They spend the night with him. And the next day, what does Andrew do? He goes and finds Peter, his brother. He says, Peter, I've been gone all night, and I've found the Messiah. You need to come meet him. And so Andrew takes Peter over to Jesus and says, Jesus is Peter, Peter, Jesus, (laughs) Simon. Actually, he says, it's his brother, Simon. Simon, Peter, uh, Jesus. And Jesus says, no, you're not Simon. You are Cephas. You are Peter, which in Greek means the rock. And you're the one I'm going to build my tree. And then, you know, then Jesus and Peter hit it way off, right? And uh, they become bosom pals. What did Andrew do? Andrew introduced Jesus, Peter, to Jesus. And Peter became this incredible leader in the church. He's the one who stood up and made all the speeches. He's the one who put his foot in his mouth most of the time. He's the first one to always jump out of the boat and get out there. So that's the first story. Another story is found in John 12, around chapter 22. And this is, it's a small story, but two Greek guys are, it sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Two Greek guys are walking along and they hear about this Jesus. They're, they're from the, uh, they're from Bethsaida and, uh, they hear about Jesus. They're Gentiles. And they said, you know, we want to, we, they go to Philip. And the reason they go to Philip is because Philip is a Greek name and Philip is also from Bethsaida. And they, and Greek, uh, Philip means, uh, lover of horses. Who knew? 
But uh, they go and they grab Philip because he's Greek and they say, we want to meet this Jesus fellow. Well, Philip isn't sure whether that's kosher or not. And so he goes to Andrew, which is also a Greek name, by the way. It means uh, manly. Andrew the manly, I guess. And uh, anyway, they go, to, they go to, to Andrew and Andrew takes these two Greek people, two Greek men, and introduces them to Jesus. And they have an encounter with Christ that is life-transforming and that brings them to a new phase in their relationship with God. Andrew, the one who introduces people to Jesus. There's another story found in John 6, around chapter 8 or so. This is a, this is a famous story, one you know very well. Jesus is preaching out in the hillside and everyone follows him out of town and and uh, typically they kind of rush to it and they forget to pack a lunch. And they get out there and uh, everyone starts grumbling about being hungry. It's kind of like all the kids that show up at my house. Uh, whenever they, They're always hungry and they want something to eat. They, so they come together uh, and uh, they're listening to Jesus. And then the disciples come around and they say, Look, everyone's, everyone's hungry. What should we do about that? And everyone is saying, Well... We should send them away. Send them away and we'll go find something to eat. Or, uh, and Jesus says, well, you know, figure out how to feed everybody. And no one knows what to do. Andrew walks up. Andrew says, look, here's this little boy. Uh, his mother had the, the forethought to send a lunch with him. And he doesn't have much. He has a couple of barley loaves. But here's this little boy, Jesus. Maybe you can do something with that. And Jesus and Andrew introduces this little boy to Jesus. And this little boy shares his resource. And Jesus, out of that small offering that that little boy brought, feeds the multitudes. Amen. Andrew introduces people to Jesus. He doesn't wow them with his oration. He doesn't grapple with them over theology. He doesn't plan out strategies for how do we get people involved in this music. He doesn't head a task force or a work group around evangelism. He just introduces people to Jesus. The church needs more Andrews. The role of Andrew here in this church is crucial, you know. Not everyone can be the preacher. I know a lot of, a lot of folks think it, it's easy <laughs> that any monkey can stand up here and do this. But we can't all do it at once, right? That would be silly. We can't all be the preachers. We can't all be the teachers. Not everyone can do the administrative stuff. Not everyone can be up in front of things. But we need Andrews just as much as we need those other folks. It's a crucial role. People who are inviting. People who are introducing people to what goes on here, to a life in Christ, to a new way of having a relationship with, with God. The role of Andrew, i got to say, is also one of the most effective things we have you know, I can, I can give some good preaching, but I, I, I dare say if I'm honest about it, that's, the effectiveness of that is pretty limiting. 
There's only so many people who are willing to actually sit down and, you know, and listen to a sermon from someone, even the great ones. <laughs> but, you know, it starts with someone being Andrew who is bringing anyone here. More than any other campaign, people introducing people to Jesus will do more to win people over to Christ than anything. People inviting people to church will do more to help them find this place than any other campaign we have. I mean, we can look at it. Who, who is here because someone else invited you to be here? See, look at that. Most effective uh, outreach tool we have is not a glossy sign, it's not a great campaign, and it's not a good website. It is people... Inviting other people and introducing them to a new way, a new idea. Or maybe it's an old idea with a new twist. But being Andrew, bringing people to meet Jesus Christ. And I have to say that ultimately this is really what the church is about. The role of Andrew is ultimately what the church is about. Church at its heart is about being an open community that is inviting people to know Christ. The Christian church is called to introduce people and then let, let Jesus take it from there. This is where I think we get hung up. Sometimes we think our role is to, is to grab people and drag them into heaven, kicking and screaming. And to be responsible for everyone's salvation. And to, to make sure that, that, uh, that whatever they're doing wrong gets fixed by us. And the, it usually starts off with us really pointing out, you know, this is what you're doing wrong with your life. Uh, let me list them for you. And uh, we'll help you. That'll help you. Because you've got to know, right? Uh, sometimes that's where we get hung up. Oh, we got to get them in our doctrinal box. You know, we got to grab people and stuff them in that box so that they can get their act together, right? If you just do what I do, then your life will be great, right? We have that kind of notion. Well, that really isn't our job, I got to say. That's Jesus' job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Give me an amen on that one. I'm taking a lot of work off your hands. Listen to me here. I'm helping you out. <laughs> You don't have to win people to Jesus. We have to introduce people to Jesus. You know, some people got introduced to Jesus and they chose to go the other way. Remember the rich young man? The rich young man came to Jesus and said, What do I got to do to get into heaven? Jesus, he thought he had it locked because he was, Oh, you got to follow the commandments, Jesus says. Well, I've done that. Oh, really? Uh, okay. <laughs> Sell everything, give it to the poor, and come follow me. Well, now, wait a minute. The rich man said, I don't think I can do that. And the Bible says, because he was rich. <laughs> he didn't want to do that. If he didn't have anything, he'd have no problem doing that. But because he was rich, he didn't want to do that. But hey, the introduction was made. The rest is in the hands. It has to do with the relationship people develop with Jesus. Our job is to introduce people to Jesus. It's not to manage their faith. It's not to uh, cajole them, and it's not to judge them or guilt them. It's to introduce them and to come alongside, to be there as they go down that journey. Jesus will do the rest. 
Andrew didn't manage Peter's relationship with Jesus. Andrew just said, Jesus, Simon, Simon, Jesus. And they took it from there. They had their own relationship after that. That's what we need to be about. Amen? Ooh, good. <laughs> That's what we need to be about. And I, uh, here's my faith, people. Here's my faith. You know what? If we do that, the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Because there's a hunger out there. This is why I'm talking about this today. Because there's a hunger out there. This, this city is hungry. It's seen in the hopelessness of the people I've talked to throughout the week. There's a hunger out there. But, you know, a lot of the churches don't feed that hunger. And we have a unique place here. We have a unique ministry that feeds people who are hungry. Not everybody, but there are people who are hungry for what we have here. And there are people who are hungry for just that relationship. And sometimes, whether they show up here or not, sometimes it's just a matter of introducing people to the idea. Maybe that looks like prayer. Maybe that looks like an invitation. Maybe that looks like just saying, you know, here's what's going on. Here's how I've come to get through times like that. Maybe it's being authentic and transparent about who we are and who God is in our life. Again, not beating people over the head with the Bible, but sharing our hearts. Like Andrew who said, I found something. Simon, I want you to, I want you to come meet this Messiah I found. Introducing them. The church needs Andrews. The church is called to be the Andrew in our city. So I invite us all to embrace this ministry of invitation and introduction. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you as your humble servant, not all of us are called to, to the limelight, to the big places, to the places where we talk to masses. But God, all of us are called to share what we have found in your Son, Jesus Christ, to introduce people to you. Guide us as we seek and open our eyes to the opportunities in front of us for this invitation to happen, for this introduction to happen. Teach us to do it with sensitivity, with openness, with authenticity and integrity, and with a desire for nothing more than to introduce people to you and let you take it from there. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.